0: Never let them mold you. It's your piece of clay. It's your canvas. So mold or paint the picture the way you see it, not how others see it. The world's full of sheep, and the last thing it needs is another sheep. So change your direction, change your surroundings, make yourself uncomfortable because comfort causes the spirit to die. Your heart is always long for passion. The minute you quit feeding it what it needs to pump is the minute that you sleepwalk to your own grave. Top of the morning to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Beer and Orange Juice. The perfect way to start your day and what a day it's been holy cow just like news after news after news and the majority of it is actually good we got coinbase we got binance getting sued by the sec we got the pga tour and the live tour announcing that they're joining forces which is a pretty big win for a lot of people um not only in golf but also just in life and To me i see the pga as the establishment and i'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail in this episode i'm also going to talk about something that happened to me yesterday uh, as a warning i guess to anybody out there listening to this and finally i'm going to do a daily stoic reading at the end of this i've been kind of neglecting the stoicism book here lately in terms of the podcast but i've still been uh, reading it every day and i came across one this week which I thought was pretty relevant right now for a lot of people and so I'll I'll get to that later in the episode but let's start with uh the issue that I encountered yesterday and I'm hoping it'll be a a good warning for anybody out there because it 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 certainly caught me by surprise so I've been using the Moon Wallet which is M-U-U-N It's a great wallet, it's Bitcoin only. They have on-chain and Lightning. The Lightning is a little bit, I don't think it's true Lightning because they still charge you a pretty big fee if you're using the Lightning network, but it is still Lightning compatible though. In terms of actual Lightning wallets, I use Wallet of Satoshi for mine, and I I wanna start using the Breeze as well. I haven't really tested that out yet, but I've heard a lot of good things. I just love Wallet of Satoshi because it's so compatible with um, Noster, and that's what I've been using it on. i've had zero issues with it so far so i'm going to continue using that the only thing i don't like about it obviously is that you can't um, hold your own keys to the wallet of satoshi as a custodial wallet but i do want to start running my own lightning node at some point this summer so i think that that'll be a good way uh, to do it but let's talk about the moon wallet so yesterday i opened up the moon wallet and usually i just have to enter in my pin code and it takes me into the wallet however yesterday I opened up Moon and it gave me two options. The first one was restore existing wallet and the second option was create a new wallet. And so Moon had signed me out of my wallet. And I don't know if there was an update to Moon or whatever caused that, but that was the first time that that's ever happened to me. And I I have a significant amount of Bitcoin on there. Obviously I hold the majority in a cold card Uh, in cold storage but I still had you know five or six hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin on my mobile wallet the moon wallet and so if I hadn't written down my private key or backed up my wallet properly I would have lost that completely and so the actionable item for today is that if you have any wallets and you're holding your own keys to them make damn sure that you know exactly where those keys are you have them backed up properly and even consider taking some action to get them off-site whether that's with your lawyer your bank I wouldn't necessarily recommend that uh, but a trusted family member something along those lines I'm going to be setting up a a new service at Silverstone that offers a multi-signature solution and I'm going to have one of our local law firms in town holding one of the keys the client will have two keys and we'll have one backup key with one of their trusted friends. Just in case something were to ever happen to that person or a situation like this where they get locked out and maybe their house burns down, maybe they get broken into, if you have it in a multi-storage setup that eliminates the single point of failure, And as Bitcoin increases here in price and in value, this is gonna be very important for a lot of people. So consider this a small learning lesson. If you have a wallet, make sure that you have the backup keys written down just for something as simple as this, where the app itself signed you out for some reason and you need to gain access to the wallet that you had. Like I said, if I did not have my private keys written down, I would have lost $600 worth of Bitcoin, just like that nothing i did nobody broke into my house house didn't start on fire but because moon signed me out for some reason coincidence or not i would have lost all that bitcoin just something to watch out for there and let's talk about the live tour and the pga tour it is taking over twitter right now for my feed especially i mean twitter instagram TikTok, all the algorithms just have golf in them. So it's all I'm seeing right now. And there's a ton of gold out there in terms of memes, player reactions to it, media reaction to it. Brandel Chambly looks like he was about to cry on live TV. (laughs) Oh, I can't stand that guy. Um, But I wanted to talk about it today because I think that this is a huge win for decentralization. And I'm going to explain that. The way I see it is that the PGA is the establishment the PGA is fiat the live tour is Bitcoin and I'm going to explain that in a few different ways here the first one is that the PGA has been around for a lot of years now and there's a ton of history there which I'm not going to get into today I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth in our podcast tomorrow night but the PGA has been around for a while and it was almost dying until tiger woods came onto the scene in 1997 and all of a sudden it was revived because of tiger woods 100 percent. and anybody who says differently is a, is a liar so tiger saved the pga the pga has been running as a non-profit for all this time and they they claim for it to be a player's tour when as we heard the news today None of the players knew about this. There was maybe five or six people within the PGA who knew about this deal, and all the other players found out about this via Twitter, which is insane. It's a horrible look for the PGA, and the rumblings that I've heard is that people are pissed. The players are pissed. The fans are pissed. Everybody's pissed at the PGA, and for good reason. They 100% deserve it. But they've been around for a while they have they are the establishment they have sponsors they have people who dictate their actions and their hypocrisy is off the charts they blame things on other people other tours like the live tour and they are doing the exact same thing they've been claiming that the the live tour funded by the saudis is for murderers um they tried to spin it in In a way against 9 11 and they're a terrorist organization and if you looked at the sponsors and the the influence of the pga in america if you're listening to this podcast you probably have a different way of thinking like i do and we all know that the 9 11 attacks there's something fishy there and we know that george bush had a lot to do with that Nobody really wants to admit that. Nobody wants to talk about it. There was a lot of funny business that happened, including a building that randomly blew up a couple blocks away um, from structural insensitivity. Uh, s- no, what was the term for it? It was nuts. But because, I mean, so many people died, which it was a huge tragedy. I'm not going to ever downplay that. But who organized it? Who funded it? What happened the week before that in terms of the federal reserve and the billions of dollars that were missing who was the only plane that was allowed in u.s airspace right after 9 11. maybe osama bin laden's family members why would they be flying into the states why would they be allowed to after they just planned this big terrorist attack anyways i'm not going to get too far into it because I don't think it's overly productive right now the point here is that the pga the golf media the corrupt golf media they've been pointing fingers at the live Tour, are saying how could you take money from these saudi terrorists uh murderers etc how could you do that and then we wake up today and see that they have a, they form a new partnership with the pga like the the hypocrisy here is on another level I can't even begin to explain how hypocritical that is and there's a whole lot more to it as well and that's why I'm comparing it to the fiat system because it it is like a giant Ponzi because the PGA historically had been underpaying their players they took away all their media rights the players weren't allowed to use their own footage of them playing golf the PGA owned all the rights to everything like that And then as soon as this Live Tour was announced and they started offering these big contracts to the players, the PGA just happened to uh, find a huge stockpile of cash that they could now put towards their tournaments, their elevated events, uh, to try to compete with Live. Where'd that money come from? A not-for-profit that has millions of dollars just hanging around? These millions of dollars that they can suddenly afford to pay their players to compete with Live What else happened there we also know that the doj had been investigating the pga tour as of late and they might have been doing some things that they weren't completely honest with and it by the looks of this agreement here all of the court dealings all of the lawsuits are officially dropped with this new partnership so you have to assume i mean i don't like assuming things but just common sense logical speaking here You have to assume that the PGA was hiding something, that they did not want to come out in court, and so they agreed to do this deal, even though it seems like, honestly, the worst thing that they could ever do, there's no way they do this deal if they weren't forced to do it, by their own doings, in my opinion. So the PGA is a very centralized, a very small group of people who pay their employees, their, their players, like shit, and they got exposed for it. Whereas the live tour you you could argue that yeah the saudis they have a lot of cash that was earned by providing energy to the world so i don't know what you want to call that maybe they have some shitty dealings maybe they treat their citizens like shit. that's not relevant here though like if you look what america does to its citizens its troops all that kind of stuff it's not even comparable but the live tour earned this money through energy they attracted some of the best players in golf they forced the pga to change and they paid their players what they deserve to be paid so you could say that the saudis are somewhat centralized as they have the influence at the top but they also spread their wealth across they decentralized it uh, to the players who are actually providing value to the audience their product instead of siphoning it all to the top, Jay Monaghan's flying around on private jets as a nonprofit organization. Very government-like, in my opinion. Very hypocritical, very government-like. And it's nice to see that people are are turning on this bullshit. So this has been somewhat of a rant, for sure, but I expected it to be. It was a great day for me. It was a great day for golf. And I think that the, the Live Tour has already done so much for golf in terms of forcing the pga to adapt to change to pay their players more and it'll be very interesting to see where this goes from here i have no idea i figured that the live tour would either buy out the pga or join with them eventually i've been talking about that for over a year now on our golf podcast and it's nice to see some vindication however (laughs) there is a moral here but before i talk about that the last comparison that i want to make between the PGA being Fiat, Live Tour being Bitcoin, is that the PGA is very stuck in its ways. They do not like change. They they are very unwilling to adapt to what people want. And they basically just force people into doing things through their media arm, through their broadcasting arm, and through their sponsors. So a few examples of this are the team format uh live players being able to wear shorts PGA players not being able to wear shorts there's a bunch of rules in the PGA that are not applicable in live because they are they make no sense and so the PGA was completely unwilling to adjust and adapt and they're going to die because of that same as fiat the PGA Tour is also very centralized in the USA if you compare it to other tours especially live tour one of the huge turning points I think for me was live tour going to Australia, and shout out to uh, our guy Merbu Hodel from Australia. But they had a huge event, a huge successful event in Australia a couple months ago now, and it really caught the golf world by surprise because we're so used to seeing golf in America. We get to see it uh, the the Open every year in Europe, in Scotland, in Ireland. Uh, but that's it. Everything else is strictly in America. And people around here think that America should be the only country that's allowed to have nice things. And then you look at what happened in Australia, in Singapore, and all the other success that the live tour events have been having. So the live tour is thinking outside of America. It's decentralized. It's keeping up to demand. It's, It's providing what people want, not telling people what they want. It's a, it's a big deal here. And, you know, it's a Mike golf is a microcosm of life in a lot of ways. And I think that this is a perfect example of this. People are tired of the establishment. They're tired of being told how to think. And so I'm just very glad that, you know, people are starting to wake up to the fact that maybe everything isn't as it seems. Maybe we're being lied to. Maybe the people telling us, that we're doing bad are really the ones who are doing bad themselves and I don't know I'm probably going to crack a couple beers today to celebrate this uh because it is like I said earlier it's it's vindication in a lot of ways um not that I was cheering for live to succeed I was just cheering for the corrupt media the PGA to get slaughtered because they (laughs) they haven't done anything to deserve it Tiger Woods saved them And they think that they walk on water because they had the cameras around when tiger was golfing they've done nothing to innovate nothing to change nothing for their fans they just siphon everything to the top and so rest in peace pga it is one heck of a day but the moral of the story here is that even when stuff like this happens people always people will never admit that they're wrong they'll say well yeah in hindsight looking back this was obvious this was inevitable anybody could have seen this coming they'll never admit <laughs> that people who were talking about this a year ago two years ago this exact stuff they'll never admit that they were right and I have a strong suspicion that the exact same thing is going to happen with Bitcoin when Bitcoin eventually wins people are going to look back and say yeah I mean anybody could have saw that coming obviously it was only a matter of time but meanwhile (laughs) they spent 14 years blowing it off and all of a sudden everyone's using it and yeah I mean it made sense looking back in hindsight so the moral here is that no matter how right you are with anything do not ever expect anybody to apologize to you and admit that you are right ever know what inside know that your gut is right and keep following that that's all that matters it doesn't doesn't fucking matter what anybody else says honestly these things are proving that whatever you're feeling inside whatever gut feeling you have is right and keep going with that okay well I needed to get that off my chest so thank you to anybody who's listening it makes sense though right like I'm not fucking crazy here I know that the world can call us conspiracy theorists they can call us whatever they want and looking back they'll never admit that they were wrong but we know deep down that we're fighting the right fight and people can misconstrue that however they want however they're told to do so Uh, but we know in our hearts deep down that we're fighting for the right reasons and that's and that's what i want to end this with it kind of ties in well with that so the The Daily Stoic, 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living is one of my favorite books of all time because it's so easy to read. You read one page per day, and the one I'm going to read today is from May 30th. So for every day of the year, there's a quote from a stoic. There's Marcus Aurelius, Um, there is Seneca. I'd say 50% of them are from those two dudes. And Epic uh Epictetus? <laughs> Epictetus? Whatever. He's he's got quite a few quotes in here too, but it's the pages start with a stoicism quote from one of these old philosophers and then it gives Ryan Holiday's spin on it and then I've been kind of giving my own spin on it as well. So, because we're already kind of deep into this episode, I'm going to keep today's pretty short in terms of my um Commentary on it, but this is the entry from May thirtieth, and it's titled "Working Hard or Hardly Working." And so the quote here is from <laughs> how do I know this is going to happen? Epic Epictetus. It's Epic, and then T E T U S. Epictetus. We'll go with that. And his quote is: "I can't call a person a hard worker just because I hear they read and write." even if working at it all night. Until I know what a person is working for, I can't deem them industrious. I can, if the end they work for is their own ruling principle, having it be and remain in constant harmony with nature. So that is Epictetus. It's his quote. And then Ryan Holiday spin on it. He says, What are the chances that the busiest person, you know, is actually the most productive? We tend to associate busyness with goodness and believe that spending many hours at work should be rewarded. Instead, evaluate what you are doing, why you are doing it and where accomplishing it will take you. If you don't have a good answer, then stop. And to me that says two things the first thing is that kind of going back to live and and vindication and all that kind of stuff if you know that you're working towards a goal that's good for the world then it doesn't nothing else really matters people can say whatever they want i've had <laughs> hundreds well I, I don't i don't have an amount on it but i've had a lot of people over the last couple of years um i know that i've been talking badly about me behind my back uh saying things that aren't true at all but it doesn't matter to me none of that matters what matters is what i'm working on and how i see it in the future and the purpose of that and it isn't it definitely isn't to have the most money in the bank account that's for sure because if it was then i would just keep quietly accumulating bitcoin and not talking about it to anybody or or helping people get into it or anything like that but my my purpose here is to help people at their own pace, wherever they're at, understand our money system. And then, and eventually realize that Bitcoin is the much better option and we can start moving away from these organizations like the PGA, like our governments, like the media, all that kind of bullshit that we, that we've dealt with our entire lives. And it's happening. It's happening very slowly, but surely. And along with that, you know, my, my favorite thing in the world is golf. And so I've, I've kind of found a way to bridge Bitcoin and golf, uh, in a way that people can understand it in a different way. Like we do a tour now and, uh, we have a golf tour and there's one of our listeners is a, in Australia. He's uh, in the tour. We're doing it. It's kind of like an anywhere tour. So you can play anywhere you want. You enter in your score, the app, adjust based on your handicap and how hard the course is and then you get ranked for the week but we're doing it in Satoshi's so with our company King Golf without tying golf into this nobody would have a clue what Bitcoin is they wouldn't care they have a functioning monetary system even though it's being printed into oblivion even though they're taxing us to the point where people can't afford to live anymore Even though it's backed by absolutely nothing and zero gold in the Bank of Canada, it still works. They can go to the store, they can pay for things, they can buy whatever they need with money. So why would they feel the need to change? But now, after introducing Bitcoin and sats to the golf world, we're actually using sats to gamble with it every week and it sounds stupid but it's only like five bucks a week but that's not the point here nobody's doing this to become rich we're doing it because it's fun meeting new people sats is the the easiest and quickest way to facilitate this and so people are people are learning about Bitcoin um in a roundabout way same with our 88 sats investment fund without tying golf into it nobody would just would have gave me three hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin to put into a fund you tie it to golf and all of a sudden people are interested probably 80 people out of the 88 bought their first bitcoin to join this investment fund so it's pretty cool that's one aspect of it is that don't listen to anybody else if you know in your heart that whatever you're doing whatever you're working towards is for the betterment of humanity then keep going and i had a a second part to this but i actually don't even remember what it is now because i kind of went on a tangent there again so i'm gonna leave it there (laughs) That was uh, a fun episode, I think. To I was going to split this up between doing the, the golf one today. Actually, that's a, that's a lie. What I was planning to do today was do a, a feature on the benefits of moving out to the country. That's what I had planned for today. But then woke up to the news about Live Today and the PGA, and I figured it was I needed to get this off my chest also thought it was very relatable in terms of comparing it to fiat and Bitcoin PGA versus live and I was going to do a separate one talking about this daily stock quote but I think it's better uh better together here so that is the episode today it is hotter than Africa in this house right now there's no AC it's been about 30 degrees every day for the past week and so last summer I was able to get away with this because it would really cool down at night. But right now it's even 25 degrees through the night. So the house isn't having a chance to fully cool down. It's pretty annoying, honestly, but um, we're going to get through it. It's probably only for an hour or two a day right now <laughs> when it's really hot. Uh, so I'm sweating a little bit here and uh, maybe that's pouring out into the, the tangent that I went on today. But you can never complain about the sun you can never complain about good weather especially here in Manitoba in Canada where we have seven or eight months of winter every year we get a quick sneak peek of what the sun's like (laughs) some nights you can't even go outside because the bugs are so bad uh so we kind of missed that window already for getting outside at night but whatever we chose it I could live anywhere that I want to but I I want to live here although Nashville sounding pretty sweet we'll see I've been hearing Odell talk about Nashville I visited Nashville for the first time in my life this year or I guess 2022 in November and it was exactly what I expected it to be I am the biggest country music fan I shouldn't say the biggest but I I love country music it's pretty much all I listen to and Nashville is the hub for that plus it sounds like they're getting pretty invested into Bitcoin Uh, with Bitcoin Park down there. And so we'll see. I also have a pretty good connection who's starting um, a Bitcoin brick and mortar business there in Nashville. One of the guys I met through our founders group, not the 88sats one, but the, the original one that I was in and he's in Nashville he's starting a brick and mortar there helping people get into Bitcoin having Bitcoin products there there's going to be a bunch of different uh things going on at the physical location there so we'll see we will see maybe I'll even go down there for one or two months per year um and just keep this as my home base because I love this place even though it's hotter in here right now than it is outside probably (laughs) the the property here is just um it's it's amazing and I'm very thankful and grateful to be uh, in a position where I can live out here, and uh, and that's it. That's all I got for you today. If you've been enjoying this, you can send a boostergram. Oh, I do have a boostergram to read, and uh, I bet it's from our pal, Marbu Hoddle. Very appreciative of of him out in Australia. There, he's been very supportive in terms of the fund, in terms of the network, and in terms of this podcast. So this uh this booster gram was from last week's show and it's from Merbu Hoddle, the king of australia and he sent in a thousand sats and said great episode what a letter treasure that and he's talking of course about the letter that from my great-grandfather back in 1933 telling his son also my grandpa Hal, about uh you know how to save for the future. He, he bought him a life insurance policy for his first birthday and told him to, uh, that he would pay the premiums as long as he could, but advised my grandpa how to continue paying the premiums once he was unable to for $15 a year. That's what the premiums were $15 a year. And so it was a super cool letter my dad has it now and i think he's going to put it into a frame and hopefully i can get it someday because it is such a good reminder of how different it was it was on may 31st uh, it's about half an hour long but really cool really cool stuff and a really good reminder of how good times were before they took us off the gold standard in 1971. so thank you once again to merbou hodl i appreciate you and if anybody else is listening to this on fountain uh feel free to send in a boostergram. I think the 100 sats is the minimum and I'll read your message on here you can say whatever you like uncensored you can uh, have a comment about the show you can ask questions you can give a promotion or a, an advertisement for your business and I'll read it on here so once again I appreciate everybody who has been listening who's been enjoying and uh I'm really enjoying doing these so I'm going to keep continue that once a week it seems like a pretty doable thing and uh, i can talk a little bit more too instead of keeping them nice and short every day so i think this is going to be the way moving forward huge shout out to phil mickelson for taking all the arrows on the back from the pga from the corrupt golf media from everybody on earth and he persevered and they formed a deal today and it's a great day for golf it's a great day for the world let's keep pushing forward here we got a ton of things to do um, but as always we're taking it one day at a time one person at a time and your weekly reminder that time is scarce it might seem like we're here forever that we're going to be young forever that we're going to get to see our parents and call them forever but the reality is is that that's not the case we're only here for a, a very short amount of time so do something crazy do something that you love With the people you love and don't waste any days because like bitcoin it's scarce it's fixed and the difference between bitcoin and life is that we don't know how many days we have we know how many bitcoin there will ever be 21 million but we don't know how many days we're gonna have so enjoy it while we're here and with that i hope you have an amazing week thank you once again for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon bye bye